Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Salvari podcast. Today, I'm very excited to bring a topic that I think is crucial for our development. Okay. It is something that I've had to deal with. Okay. And when I was dealing with it, I didn't even know what I was dealing with. But now that I've, I've truly believed that I've overcome it through a lot of help, through a lot of counseling and coaching and reading the Bible and, and God leading me. And now that I feel like I'm outside of it, there's definitely still some like residue, but I definitely, definitely believe I've overcome it. And now that I'm outside of it, I feel like I see it a lot. I see it a lot, especially within true, sincere believers of God. And so I think it's important for us to just crush this today and, 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 and develop from it. Okay. So it's it's a tricky tricky topic because there's a few ways to talk about it, but I just feel like being as straightforward as I can about it is the best way to do it. Um, again, I'm not like you know some psychologist or whatever. I just I just know what I know. I know what Scripture says, and I do my best to relay it to you in the best way that I can. And so this is what I see a lot of. Just about everyone I've encountered and communicated with has at least overcome it or is dealing with it in some fashion. So I believe this strongly relates to everyone that's listening right now in some way. Um, and what? And for those of you that are going through it, you may not even know you're going through it. Because when I was going through it, I like I said, I didn't know. Okay, Knowing what I know now, I'm like, oh, wow. So my goal is to help cut down this process of overcoming the, the time it takes, the pain it takes and stuff like that of overcoming the mistakes that come from it when you don't overcome it. Okay. That's, that's what I want to do for you. Okay. Is, is to help you expedite your growth. Okay. And so what this is, and it manifests itself in so many ways is this spirit, this attitude, this mindset, whatever you want to call it, this belief of unworthiness and it crushes people and it crushes people in so many ways okay for me it crushed me in performance identity so i had to overcompensate the fact that i didn't feel good enough okay because and so i had to be good at something i had to be good at football i had to be good at school i had to be good i had to have a high paying job okay i had to have accolades i had to be cool i had to say you know have the funny jokes okay Again, there's nothing wrong with all those things if you're doing it in the right attitude, okay? You know, I, I still consider myself funny, okay? I still consider myself good at, at, at things like public speaking, stuff like that. Um, but now I have a much different attitude about it, okay? The reason I was doing it before and the reasons I'm doing it now are completely different. But I'm still kind of doing the same things. Like I'm still involved in the same atmosphere and environment of skill sets okay so and hopefully that'll make more sense as i talk okay but basically what i'm saying is this you can get an a on your report card for the right reasons or you can get an a on your report card for the wrong reasons okay the wrong reasons are by trying to impress people by trying to make yourself feel good by you know hoping not to get disciplined by your parents okay the right reasons are because you love the subject because you honor the subject you honor right the process you respect the process you love the process okay and then that's so those are the good reasons okay i wasn't doing whatever i was that i was doing for the, for the right reasons and i know a lot of other people aren't either okay because we live in this society where 
it, there is so much pressure to perform. And if you don't perform, you, you, you get left, right? No one cares about you. It's, you're considered weak. You're considered to be less, okay? And nobody wants to feel that way. Nobody wants to feel they're unworthy, okay? So we overcompensate that unworthiness, that fear of unworthiness. If you have a fear of unworthiness, you are, you have the attitude of unworthiness, okay? So, because I, I know this from personal experience. And so what I want to dive into is there's really two ways this attitude of unworthiness manifests itself. One, when we feel unworthy, like I said, we either compensate or overcompensate in accolades or achievements or performance identity. And the other way we overcompensate is by, or I shouldn't say, the other way it manifests itself is in, in our moral life, okay? So again, this moral conversation is difficult to have, but I wanna help people. Um, for those of you that continue to make mistakes in your life, you know, these mistakes that you, you want to do better in, these mistakes that you want to overcome, okay, just a few that I know that usually come from the spirit of unworthiness is lust, okay, uh, drinking, um, self-righteousness, a religious spirit can come from it for sure, but more so I'm talking for the people that want to do better but don't feel like they can do better because they're always consistently in this what some people would call a heathen environment okay like drinking bar scene um swearing whatever it's stuff like that um you know lusting for other women or men depending on you know okay because this goes this isn't like a gender thing um basically what i'm saying is that's how the spirit of unworthiness manifests itself in two ways you're, you're overcompensating in your works Okay, trying to get an A on that report card. Which again, there's nothing wrong with an A. You do it in the right way. Or it manifests itself like you you kind of given up. Like you're not good enough. So because I'm not good enough, I'm gonna go drink. I'm gonna go make mistakes. Like I try, but I can't do it. I'm not good enough. And so I see that in the realm of Christianity quite a bit. Um, I was in it. Okay because I had such a high standard for myself and I wasn't fulfilling that standard, I felt like, what's the point? Might as well drink, okay? And a lot of mistakes came from that. And the part that spiraled down for me was I couldn't get out of it because of my mistakes. I kept thinking about my mistakes. I kept thinking, oh, I'm messing up, so I might as well try not to drink, but then I'll probably just drink again, try not to do it again, right? I got in this routine um at some points in my life I wouldn't even try other points in my life I'd really try but I wouldn't last so if you relate to that you better listen okay because I'm out of that and let me tell you how okay and I'm not the first and I most certainly won't be the last um I just didn't know this crap when I was going through it um that's why I feel like it's so important to share this stuff okay so again I was on I did both ways okay I overcompensated big time like in football and in school and stuff like that and trying to appear as cool um and then i also you know had my spiral down in mistakes right i wasn't wasn't living the life i wanted to live because i didn't feel like i was worthy okay and that's that's the root of these manifested mistakes okay is i didn't feel like i was worthy and now i see it all the time everywhere in a lot of places 
okay? And so what I'm here to tell you is you are worthy, okay? You are way, 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 way more worthy than you even know. Like, I don't even understand how loved I am by God still, okay? But I'm experiencing it day by day, moment by moment, and it has pulled me out of these, these unworthy, crappy things that I was doing, okay? And the hardest part is the very first part, okay? If you're in a rut, if you're in something that you feel like is not for you, if you feel like you're settling, okay, that's another big one. That's basically the best way I can say it. If you feel like you're settling, all right, that's because you don't feel like you're worthy, okay? And what I'm saying is this. The hardest part is going boldly to God's grace, okay? So this is what pisses off a lot of religious people, okay, is you, okay, the true believer, the true believer in Christianity knows that you can go to heaven literally the moment before you die by accepting Jesus, okay? This is scriptural. There's a man on the right hand of Jesus, okay, he, he was crucified with three other or two other people, okay, he was in the middle. The guy on the right was mocking him, like literally in previous scripture verses, and then right before Jesus died, he said, please take me to heaven with you, and Jesus said, yes, okay, that is scriptural precedent for any of you that are wondering if your loved ones are in heaven, as long as they said right before their death, or, you know, moments before, or even a week, two, whatever, they're in heaven, okay? That pisses a lot of religious people off because religious people think that they have to earn their way into heaven. No, what Jesus did was so crazy, 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 crazy hard and, and, and remarkable that it's so easy for us, okay? But here is where it gets even better, okay? The true believer knows that we can live heaven on this earth temporarily, until we pass on to the next life, okay? That's where the true gospel is, okay? So for those of you, or for those that had, you know, basically didn't live that life, but still got to heaven, great, that's awesome, okay? But there, it, but for the true believer, the true believer knows that there is a way to live here on earth as though heaven is on earth, okay? And so what that looks like is this. The first part of that is knowing that you are worthy enough to live as though heaven is on this earth already. And that takes this purified conscience, okay? When you have a purified conscience, there's nothing in the world that can stop you, okay? So what I'm telling you, okay, this whole Jesus thing isn't just a bunch of BS to make you feel good. It's actually very articulate, very, like, it's, oh my gosh. So like for people like me, who is very technical, who want to call BS out on everything because I have a suspicious mind because I got some crazy psycho. Okay. When you read the Bible, you'll realize there's no way to contradict it. Okay. So it convinces crazy people like me that I can have a pure conscience. Okay. That is like 99% of the battle of, of, of the spiritual warfare that's going on. If you can have a pure conscience based off of what Jesus did on the cross, he says, <coughs> He remembers your sins no more. The only person that matters in this world is Jesus. And he remembers your sins no more because of what he did at the cross. So that allows you to have this pure conscience. You have a pure conscience. What does that remind you of? Reminds you of a little kid. Okay, little kids are innocent. Little kids aren't innocent in the fact that they don't do anything wrong. They, they mess up all the time. Okay, but they have this pure conscience 
that they are forgiven. Okay, if they grow up in a good home, they have this pure conscience that that okay, I made a mistake, but that's fine. Okay, now time to go do something else. Okay, that is what God asks us to be like. Okay, and this this bothers religious people. Okay, and I don't want to keep talking about religious people because religious, but this is what they say. I think it's important. They'll say that that innocence allows you to sin more. That is BS. It's that innocence that allows you to stop sinning. Okay, a lot of people revel in the fact that if they do wrong, then they have to keep convicting themselves of their of their wrongs to to somehow earn God's love. Okay, I was there, so that's what I was taught. Okay, if you mess up, you beat yourself up, and then in a couple of weeks, God will forgive you, and then you can maybe try again next time. No, 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 no. This is what it means to be bold and be blessed. When you mess up that moment, you know that you are pure. That is a tough thing to believe in. That is like the hardest thing that you can can wrap your wrap your human mind around okay because we especially in western culture society are not conditioned to think that way okay we are conditioned to think that you deserve certain things based off of conditions okay that's why god's love is unconditional in fact if you want to get even crazier okay and here goes the religious psychos the worse you are the more qualified you are for god's grace okay that is very hard for people to understand, including myself, because in our condition, human stupid thinking, we think that if it's the worse we are, the more grace we get, then that means we should continue on being worse. No, if that's your attitude, then you never receive grace in the first place. If you are this terrible person and you allow grace in your life because you are so qualified for it, that grace will bring you to even greater things. So let me give you a prime example, okay? It's the best example that I can give you. This guy's name was Saul. He was a terrible person, okay? He killed Christians. He was a D-bag, okay? He was like Osama bin Laden, but worse, okay? And God introduced him to grace, okay? And he became the greatest apostle, disciple, not in his mind, okay? He says this. He says he's the least but from my perspective, he is the greatest apostle, okay? The greatest grace apostle. And he talks about how the love of God cannot separate him from God, okay? The love of God, no depth, nor height, no grave, no demon, no nothing, no mistake that he makes can stop him from God's unconditional love, okay? He experienced grace, okay? That, and that's what he became, okay? Grace superabounded where, where there was sin. Okay, so what you have to understand is if you receive grace, if you truly receive grace, you will you will no longer be what what it is that you were doing. Okay. So people think that if I tell you, hey, if you receive grace, that allows you to sin more. No, no, no. You never receive grace then, because you have to understand that grace is the results of something greater grace is the results of the purification that god has brought you through okay a lot of people try to get this pure conscience okay through works they try to fulfill the ten commandments on their own they try to do good things they try to help the poor they try to do right they try to get the a on the report card that is all good stuff but not if you're doing it out of the wrong reasons okay 
So for those of you that feel like you're getting Fs on your report card repeatedly, it's because you haven't experienced grace yet. So let me show you what grace is. Let me tell you what grace is. Grace is this, very simply, what Jesus did at the cross, okay? He gave up everything so you could have everything. The hard part is repenting to that, truly renewing your mind to this. And that does take some time, okay? The, it takes as much time as it takes for you to let that little switch in your brain click, okay? It could take a day for some of you. It could take 10 years for others. I mean, it took me like, I don't know, five years. But I mean, the process was evolving. Like I saw things in my life get eliminated. Bad things in my life get eliminated fairly quickly in certain areas. And then other things took a little longer. But the only thing that took time was one, God had his own timing. And two, me being stubborn, okay, towards the fact that God would love me unconditionally, because I'm in this way. And there's still this battle, right? There's this battle that I feel like I have to deserve what it is that this world says I do, okay? And so basically, it's this. Keep keep turning your, your head, your eyes, your attitude, your heart towards the idea that God loves you no matter what, okay? And it's extreme, okay? Like I said, Paul or Saul had this extreme revelation of grace and he turned into something completely different, okay? So that is what I want you to know. Like if you are struggling morally, if you're struggling with a guilty conscience, quit condemning yourself or quit quote unquote having God condemn yourself. There's so many misconceptions about God. In fact, in the Bible, okay, the, like I said, I kind of said this earlier, but the hardest thing for us to do is realize that God is not a hard man, okay? And that is littered in the Bible everywhere about the first thing that we need to do is change our mind about how we see God. How we see, so many people see God as this hard ass, this guy that's condemning you. Like when you mess up, you're a pile of crap. And that attitude is what causes you to make worse mistakes, okay? And so what I have to say is, is you have to see God as a good man, as a loving father. Like there's so many loving fathers and mothers in this world. How much more is the one that created okay, the best earthly loving father, how much more loving is that person? I mean, Jesus was a prime example. He literally gave up his life for the off chance that humanity would believe in him, okay? That is nutso, okay? No one does that. Nobody does that, okay? And so there's some soldiers that would give up their life for their brothers, but there's not a lot of American soldiers that would give up their life for ISIS, okay? So, so, but Jesus did, all right? And that is what is so mind-blowing. And that's what separates, you know, Christianity from religion. There's this thing in Christianity, for those of you that may not know, um, there's this thing called the Antichrist. Well, what is the opposite of Christ? It's religion. It's not, it's not um, sin. I mean, it is, but it's, it's religion, okay? Religion... And I don't want to ruin the word because I actually like the word religion, but it's been so toxic these last days. But anyway, what I'm saying is this. Um, the true definition of religion is a, is a good thing, okay? But what we think of religion today is kind of messed up because of what certain people have done. Um, but what I'm saying is this. 
you know, God, Jesus, was never that, how do I say this? Jesus always found himself around people that knew they were messing up, okay? Jesus was always around people that were messing up, okay, and helping them. Jesus oftentimes was confronting the people that didn't think they were messing up, that, that were condemning other people for messing up, okay? And so what I'm trying to say is this, don't be your own religious um, jerk, okay? A lot of us have this religious jerk in our head that's saying you're not good enough because of X, Y, and Z. Get rid of that guy, okay? Get rid of that guy. What you have to do, what I had to do, because I'm kind of, like I said, a technical psycho, I had to read the Bible front and back a few different times, and it's been good. It's been awesome for me. But the reason I had to do that is because I had to convince this religious psychotic, this psychotic person in my brain that I am loved by God. And the more I convinced myself of that, the less I would feel bad about my mistakes, the less I felt bad about my mistakes, the less I made my mistakes, okay? I now completely separate myself from mistakes. This is something that Paul said, again, that, that guy that was a terrible person. Okay, Paul is so nuts in the sense that, like, if I said what Paul said today, people would throw me in prison. That's what they did to him. But this is what he said. He said, even when I sin, it's not me that's sinning. Okay, how crazy is that? Okay, he, again, he had the full revelation of grace. He said, even when I sin, it's not me that's sinning, okay? He's, and the reason he says that is because of this. We are, this called the duality of man, okay, is the simple way of saying it. Um, when we make a mistake, we can either align ourselves with the mistake or with grace. And if we are align ourselves with the mistake, we will continue to make more mistakes. But if we align ourselves with grace, we will end up not committing those mistakes. And it's sound, and it is like literally the opposite of self-righteousness. Again, self-righteousness coincides with unworthiness. And this is this is what's so crazy about this revelation of grace is that when we make a mistake, and it almost seems like a bad thing, it almost seems like I'm being an asshole if I do this. When I make a mistake, and I decide not to identify with that mistake and I identify with grace, it almost seems like I'm being a D-bag. seems like, oh, I don't have to apologize or I don't have to say sorry. That's not what I'm saying. Okay, what I'm saying is when you make that mistake, because we all make mistakes, and then it hurts another person, it's actually only grace aligning yourself and identifying with grace that actually truly allows you to go to that person and apologize and say, you know, I made a huge mistake. I'm sorry. That was my fault. I'm not denying that. That was, that was weak of me, okay? That's only grace does that, okay? When you align yourself with the mistake, it's very hard for you to apologize to that person, okay? In fact, most people won't even admit that it was a mistake if they don't align themselves with grace. So what Paul is saying is he's not saying that you didn't make a mistake. He's saying don't identify with that mistake, okay? Don't, I, don't let that mistake determine who you are because if you do, you will continue to make worse and worse mistakes. I've heard so many people within the you know church, within Christianity, apologize for being a sinner, apologize for being a heathen, condemn themselves and feel guilty over mistakes that they've made, but they don't change, okay? Because they'd rather revel in the fact that they made a mistake and identify with that mistake instead of identify with grace and let that grace 
superabound in the places that they made complete and terrible, horrendous mistakes, okay? I know it sounds contradictory to the surface, okay? But you have to understand we live in a world that is just filling us with lies, okay? So when you read the Bible and it sounds like this is contradictory to what you've been told, it's because it has been, okay? So you have to, but there's some, but it makes, if you study it, if you really, really let it seep into your brain, you will understand that that makes complete sense, okay? To know that grace is the thing that actually allows you to overcome your mistakes. So you don't even identify the mistakes and you make mistakes. That's the hardest part. That's the hardest part in the start is to not identify all the crap that you've convicted yourself of in the past, okay? That's why God says, and he makes it blatantly clear over and over and over again, that he remembers your sins no more. So if he remembers your sins no more, you don't have to identify with your sins, okay? That doesn't mean you deny that they ever happened, okay? No, 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 you own up. That allows you to own up to your mistakes. It allows you to be in control of your mistakes from an outside perspective looking in, okay? That allows you to control, to have power and dominion over the crap that you used to do, okay? So quit reveling inside of the sin and the mistakes, talking myself as well here, of our past, okay? And get outside of it, forgive it, own up to it, apologize, but identify with grace, okay? In fact, like I said, when you identify with grace, that allows you the power to do that, okay? So many people, so many people, including myself, have this hard, self-righteous, unworthy time of identifying with grace when we make mistakes, okay? That is why Paul says, actually, those points of your life, when you qualify for grace the most, okay, that is so contradictory to religion, to any other religion. This is why I believe in Jesus. This is why I believe in Christianity, because every religion will always look to disqualify you. In fact, the Old Testament, in certain ways, okay, so I got to be careful I say this, because in the Old Testament, I don't even talk about that. Just know this, okay? Jesus is in the Old Testament concealed, okay? He's in the New Testament revealed. So Jesus, that's another conversation. But anyway, so what I'm saying is this. Religion is always looking to disqualify you, okay? Race is always looking to qualify you so you can get out of your mess, okay? We've all been in messes. We've all made mistakes, okay? God makes a miracle out of those mistakes. And... Like I said, it's hard to hear if this is, you know, your first, I mean, it's not hard to hear <laughs> if you're not a religious type of person. It's actually very free. Okay, this is a lot, this brings a lot of freedom. Like, oh my God, like, I'll tell you what, guys. I mean, I made a lot of mistakes in my life. I made so many mistakes in my life. I've done so many bad things in my life. Okay. Um, and only by God's grace has I, have I been able to forgive myself of them, not identify with them and move on from them and use them as strengths. Okay. A lot of like God will use your weaknesses as strengths. So I have a lot of perspective. I have a lot of um, wisdom in a lot of areas that a lot of other people are struggling in right now. Okay. Like performance identity, unworthiness, um, self-righteousness. I mean, I was, a, I was doing all those things, victimhood. Um, that's another good one. Um, I mean, performance identity was probably my biggest one. I was always trying to achieve stuff. You know, I was that loser that would um, read like a financial book and think that I was smarter than everyone. 
um, you know, stuff like that. But anyway, uh, I was never really like that bad. But uh, my my biggest issue was probably fear of other people's opinions. Like I would never post stuff on Instagram or Twitter in fear of like my friends picking on me for it. Like if my friends thought that one of my posts was like sensitive, then I was afraid that they would be mean about it, <laughs> which I deserve because because of that, I was always shredding my friends if they had any type of sensitive post on Facebook or social media. And, you know, I mean, that, that's pretty common. Um, you know, I've been getting over that. Basically what I, oh, I should, this is what it is. I have a fear of rejection. Oh yeah, big time. Um, fear of rejection. And that is, that comes from a spirit of unworthiness because of things that happened in my past. Um, you know, I harbor these, these failed disappointments and that manifests itself in the fear of rejection. So, you know, some of you that have been following me have probably seen me post a lot more on social media and stuff like that. But even then, you know, this may sound weird, but I try to keep it in a safe way. I try to keep it about God and not about me, because if I if I make it about me, oh man, this is what I'll use. This could be a whole other podcast. Um, but basically being vulnerable is very difficult for me. Okay. Because of fear of rejection and social media, again, there's, there's a time and a place. Like I don't like posting all the time and that's for good reason. Um, but social media is an avenue for me to be vulnerable. Okay. Um, a lot of people use social media the other way, which is very interesting. People use social media to protect themselves. And like, it's easy to just bash people behind the keyboard, right? And be self-righteous. See, for me, it's the opposite. For me, it's an opportunity to be vulnerable, which is very hard for me. Um, this podcast is another way for me to be vulnerable. It's very difficult for me. Um, like I said, the reason for that is this root of unworthiness um, that's developed over failure, okay? Past failures in rejection from people, you know, close, close people in my life, or at least were. So that's, you know, and if I'm, I'm very confident this is relating to like 100% of the people that are listening right now, because I know I'm not alone. This is why I'm doing this. Um, and so basically, how do you overcome the fear of rejection? Let's just go down that road. Um, first of all, you have to face the people that rejected you in some fashion, you may not have, they may be dead. But you have to, like, in your heart of hearts, face them and overcome that crap, okay? And just, in a weird way, hug them. Like, hug them, forgive them, love them, and, and have them say stuff to you that you wish you would have heard them say to you, okay? It's tough, dude. It takes time. But if you really want to get over the fear of rejection, that's how you do that. And then that allows you to be more vulnerable, in whatever avenue that's important to you okay like for me the most vulnerable position that i can think of for me is like singing on stage okay and i have a fear of that but i'm slowly chipping away at that and it takes like i said this takes takes the spirit takes the voice of god that's telling me to do stupid things like just stupid things you know i mean they're not stupid but they seem stupid at the time but you'll realize when you do these little things that you know you're gonna get rejected on and you and you feel that rejection, 
and you realize that you don't die, then it's like, oh, okay. And then you can scale that up a little bit, okay? And again, I'm not out there trying to embarrass myself. Um, I'm out there just listening to the voice of God. And when he says, do something, like go up to a certain person, just say something. Um, you know, I do it. And I realize whatever way it goes, you know, just because God says this doesn't mean it's going to go great. In fact, you know, sometimes it hasn't. And but that was actually even better because, like I said, I learned that I'm not going to die. OK, and so I learned to be more vulnerable. Vulnerability is tough. OK, it's and that's not a gender thing. I mean, women have you would think women are more inclined to be vulnerable, but they're not. Women are just more. Uh, inclined with their, or I should say, in tune with their emotions. That doesn't mean they're vulnerable. In fact, I would say it's pretty even par. Um, because in today's society, um, vulnerability is rare. Okay. And again, you can overcompensate the fact of you not being vulnerable in many ways. Like for me, okay, me posting on social media is an extremely risky, vulnerable thing. But for some other people, okay, posting on social media is an outlet for them overcompensating the fact that they're not vulnerable. Okay, so it's very difficult <laughs> to decide someone's motives. Okay, is this person doing this because it's an outlet for them? Or are they doing this because it's a true inspiration, a true risk for them? See, that is where, you know, I'm not going to get into that. But anyway, it is interesting, to say the least. Um, but again, you know, I'm kind of babbling, but like I said, I really want people to understand that this, this attitude of unworthiness is so easy to overcome because of how hard it was for, or how difficult it was for what Jesus did. And once you understand how amazing, um, how amazing the act of the cross was, you'll realize that it's almost a disservice to identify yourself with your past mistakes. I mean, it really is. And, and I'm not saying that as a condemning thing. I'm saying that as a freedom, freedom thing. Like, it's, it's so dumb for me to think that my mistakes outweigh God's grace. Okay, so, so don't, don't, I shouldn't say don't, I should say do, okay, do your research on, on how amazing it is, the act of the cross, okay? That exchange, I mean, unbelievable. And the more you convince yourself of that, the more you'll find yourself in a pure conscience. And the more you're in pure conscience, the more you have pure motives, the more you're operating out of love, the more you're doing whatever it is that you want to do, the more you're at your job and you're excelling and you're, you're, you're helping the people around you. It's like bringing a kid to work, right? How many people see your kid at work and they're like, ah, oh, what a crappy thing that is. No, they usually get excited, okay? They're usually happy if you bring your little five-year-old vibrant kid to work, right? That's how you are, okay? Because you have a pure conscience because of what Jesus did at the cross, because you don't identify with your mistakes anymore, all right? And when you do make a mistake, <laughs> as you will, you have to understand not to fall from grace, okay? And people get this confused all the time. This is a different podcast for another day. But the only way to fall from grace is by, by identifying with your mistakes, by trying to be religious, by saying it's your works that give you a pure conscience. Because mm -hmm. if you're being honest with yourself, you know that you can't live up to the standard of God 
That's why Jesus came. Okay, he fulfilled the standard of God so that we could freely choose his grace, have a pure conscience through his love. Okay, so that is that. All right. Um, I hope that makes sense to you. I've done this episode probably like seven times now, and I've really been trying to dial it in. But honestly, every time I do another one, it's like completely different from the last one, even though they're all supposedly supposed to be the same topic. But I hope this hits. If it does, please let me know. If it doesn't, please let me know. Okay. Um, I'm a rambler sometimes. And, you know, eventually I'm just going to have to get a guest on here so you guys can not suffer through my ramblings. (laughs) All right. But I love you guys. Okay. Be bold. Be blessed. Don't ever think twice about who you are in Christ ever. Okay. It'll give you a pure conscience. Pure conscience leads to so many amazing things. Okay. Love you guys.